Yeah, I've known that crowd for 55 years, and I came anyway. <laughs> it is a joy to be here today. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ruth, chapter number 2. We'll be looking at one verse there, verse 3. Thrilled uh, about the opportunity. Thank you, Brother Tim, for inviting us. Couple of reasons. Uh, one, I know this is where I'm supposed to be this morning. It's good to know that you're in the will of the Lord at the moment. But secondly, as Tim has shared with you, uh, his father Jim preached the gospel to this heart <clears throat> almost 55 years ago. And as a result of that, I got saved. And I've been saved ever since, Brother Jim. And the thrill of my heart is, is in this same building, our, this family that God used uh, in a majestic and miraculous way on my heart and my family. And uh, to be able to be together after all these years and still serving the Lord. Ain't that great? <laughs> I thank the Lord for it. I bless his name. I am sorry that my wife couldn't come. Matter of fact, it's a wonder I made it. I don't, I don't pay any attention to directions. She does all the driving. And uh, so I just had to trust the GPS, and it made it here. But you know how it is, you husbands. Uh, when Esther and I got married, I felt like it was just me and her. And then we started having youngins. And every time we had a youngin, I thought there's somebody between us. And finally, we had four youngins. And I was all the way out. I just kept being pushed out after every youngin. You men know what I'm talking about. I said, well, praise God, that's over. <laughs> but I didn't have an idea what the grand youngin's going to do. <laughs> so the, the youngins started having grand youngins. So now we've got... 13 grand youngins, and I'm so far out, it don't even matter. <laughs> and now a great-grandchild. One thing I'm scared of is one of them is going to come down with a major organ failure, and I'm going to be a match. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you won't give your son your heart. That's the way can we pray about it? No, we don't have time. Get on the table. And if you men don't believe that, you're fooled. If it comes between you and one of them youngins and grand youngins, you're gone. So anyway, that's why I'm here <laughs> by myself. <laughs> Enjoyed the singing. So refreshing. You'd have to be an evangelist to appreciate good singing. I was in a meeting one time that the only music they had was a dear precious lady played the organ for 15 minutes every service. On the music we had, and then after she got done, I was to preach and did. The only problem was she worked for the funeral home. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, it was dead when I got up. It needed a resurrection. So I'm so thankful for the good music, good singing, and the opportunity of being able to come this way. We praise the Lord's name for it. Uh, Ruth chapter number two, and again, good to see Jim and 
Mary, somebody said she'd been square dancing and fail. I don't know. But anyhow, I'm glad she's able to make it. And uh, good to see them. Sandy said to be sure and tell y'all hello and she loved you. Ruth chapter number 2 and verse number 3. <clears throat> of course, you know the book of Ruth is about how God reached into a place called Moab to deliver a sinner girl and make her a part of his family. But that's what he's doing today. Reaching out and getting sinners such as you and I and making us a part of his marvelous family. The Bible said, speaking of Ruth, and she went and came going to be my emphasis for this week, the goings and comings of our lives. I've noticed in the scripture that there are over 200 verses that have those two words nestled in them, went and came. Abraham, it's the Bible said, went and came. Uh, David, the Bible said, went and came. Elijah went and came. All the way over to the prodigal son, the Bible said he went and came. Not so unusual because our Lord, the Bible said, John chapter number six, he said, I came down from heaven. And then Acts chapter number one said he went back into heaven. So life is a life of goings and comings. But I want to zero in on the travels and journeys of this young lady. And notice uh, where she comes to. The Bible said she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers and her hap. In her goings and comings, she has been brought to a hap. And it was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. We do know that was her connection to redemption. And of course, taking that which was so terribly wrong as redemption does and making it right. She had come to a hap. I'd like to begin with this statement and ask, you, have you ever had a hap with God? Has there ever come that time when you realize that the Lord had met you face to face? That word hap is an old English word. It simply means happenings, happenings. Psalm would look at that word and as a result of all that came out of it, they would call it good luck. Or they would say she was fortunate. Some would even call it karma or her chance. But you and I know better than that. What we realize is, is that this is what we would call providence. The Bible being filled with that truth, which simply means the hand of God working in the glove of your life. It is here that God works in the life of Ruth to bring her 
to this glorious happening with God. And that's what I call it. It is a happening with God. Have you ever had a happening with God? I want us to just kind of uh, uh, muse over this, this word hap or the hand of God in the glove of Ruth's life, or if you want to use the word uh, providence. I, I want to amplify it through some statements in relationship to Ruth's hap, but I want you to think about it in relationship to your life and the happenings that you've had. And aren't you glad you've had some happenings with the Lord? As I began to muse over this, uh, what I realized is what no doubt Ruth came to know. And it was the truth that she didn't know that she was going to have a hap until the hap happened. That's not only true for her, it's true throughout the scriptures. Moses didn't know there was going to be a burning bush until the burning bush happened. I mean, Matthew didn't know that he was going to have his name called at the receipt of customs until that it was called. Paul didn't know that that light was going to shine on the road to Damascus until the light shined on the road to Damascus. I think that's true in all of our lives. I know it is true in my life. I spoke of Brother Jim preaching the gospel that I first heard. And uh, I can remember going to church on three occasions. My sister-in-law had went and she got saved, Sandy. And then my brother Joe went and he got saved. And uh, so they wanted me to go to church. And uh, so I, I did so. Uh, was, not a, was not raised in a church environment of any, any sort. And I went and... Uh, and heard that gospel and sat in those services with those people. And after the third service, when I left, uh, my thought was this. Uh, this must be all right for them. But it's not really doing anything for me. I wasn't mad. Uh, I had no, uh, I was not a, a angry. I was not upset. I hadn't formed some kind of an opinion. I just, I was 14 years old, wanted to live my life, but I didn't want to live it like that. And I had older brothers that I wanted to continue. They were my heroes and follow them. And I remember on that Sunday, I went home, I got a basketball, walked to the schoolhouse, played basketball for an hour or two, Brother Tim made my way back home, walking down a little alley between 46, 47 Street, Clark and Train. <laughs> no virtue in the place, I understand that, but I could take you to the place. When the person of that preaching that Brother Jim had preached to me showed up, unbeknownst to me, he was going to be there. <laughs> And he brought what was in my head, already in my head, and put it in my heart. And mixed it with his divine love and filled my heart with his peace, with no one else around. I didn't know it was going to happen till it happened. 
<laughs> but I'm glad it happened. And I want you to know the God who happens is still happening somewhere today. This was unpredictable. It was an unplanned event, an undetermined course of action. No one had suggested she picked that part of the field. No one knew she was coming. Boaz was unaware of it. And even Ruth, if you could have questioned her and said, why did you choose the part of the field? How in the world did you choose the right part of the field that was going to connect you to everything? <laughs> she would have said as you and I would have had to say, I have no clue. God so many times takes natural things to woo us into the spiritual. And I don't know, I'm sure there was something there. She might have said, well, you know, I love honeysuckle. And right there along that fence line was some honeysuckle. I smelled that honeysuckle. It just drew me that way. <laughs> or I heard the birds singing or, or the servants seemed to be so happy. I can't tell you. I just went. <laughs> and it happened. Oh, I can't tell you how and why the circumstances and situations came to pass other than it was the happening of God in my life. She didn't know it was going to happen until it happened. I can't tell you how many people, men, have said to me, you know, how I got saved was I wanted to date this girl and she went to church and her daddy said I couldn't go date her anywhere but in church. And I didn't realize when I went to church that I was going to get saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for a God that happens? The very hand of God and the glove of humanity. She didn't know it was going to happen until it happened. Can I say to you, secondly, in this matter of the happenings of God, not only did she not know it was going to happen till it happened, once it happened, she realized it didn't just happen, but that it had always been happening. I like to frame it this way. God was a saving her long before he saved her to get her to where he could save her. Isn't that true in your life, in my life, when you began to look back beyond the point of salvation? I'm glad for the point of the happening, but when I get to analyzing the happening and look back in my life in those first 14 years, I realize God had been happening all along. Yes, she was born in a wicked nation. Yes, she was born in an idolatrous and adulterous kingdom. Yes, she was born a part of a people that were rejected by God and forget, forbidden to be a part or come into the congregation for 10 generations. Yes, yes, yes. And her only connection was some, uh, many times we call them backslidden Christians and probably were in that setting. But what I want to tell you is that some Somehow God was happening in the worst of places to do the best of things. I mentioned a little bit about my life. 
Brother Jim knows all of it, I guess. My dad was an alcoholic all of his days. I buried four brothers because of alcohol. And uh, my mother left when I was a year and a half old. I was the youngest of nine. And uh, she left when I was a year and a half old. Never set eyes upon her. My dad never remarried, and I was raised in that drunken environment. Brother Art Martin said to me one day, I was preaching up there just recently, and we were talking about these things. He said, I had a lady come on a Sunday morning. On her exit, she told me that she was from West Virginia, her and her husband. He said, I don't know why I asked, but I said, well, do you know a Joe Williams or a Dana Williams? And said she stopped, paused, and she said, I don't mean to be mean or cruel. But yes, we lived in that area, but I'll tell you, no one went by that house. We didn't want to be anywhere around it. That was the environment that I was raised in. No mother's touch, only drunkenness, and it was there available for everybody. But what I want to say to you is after my hap happened, I realized it couldn't have happened unless God had already been happening. And if I could look back over those 14 years and I could reach in there and change one thing, you know what I changed? Nothing! Because it all brought me to where it happened! You see, this hat is the answer to all your past. <laughs> That's one. That's why when you get a hat, you don't have to go to the psychologist because of the disturbance of your past. Something you can't turn loose of, and I don't know why it happened, and I'm just, I can't live because. No, honey, that was all because God was taking you somewhere. He was happening in the worst of situations to get you to the best of situations. You don't have to go find somebody or get some kind of medicine to get over your past. Your hap will take care of the past. Her hap was the answer to everything that had happened in her life. But it was also the promise to everything that would happen in her life. To realize from this day forward that not only had her hat been happening, but her hat would never stop happening. Oh, but now she can see it as it happens. God happened here and God happened here. God happened in the connections. God happened in the redemption. God's happening in the field, in the phase of happening everywhere in her life. There's God again. There's God again. There's God again. The blessed thing about the Christian life is once you have a hat, he just sees it's happening everywhere. Boy, it happened. Well, that beautiful wife the Lord gave me. It happened. Four wonderful youngins. It happened. Thirteen grandchildren. It happened. A <laughs> great grandbaby. It happened. Here I you, you, you said, well, what are you doing here this morning? It happened. 
It's all a constant, continuous happen of the hand of God working in the glove of your life all the way to eternity. I like that, don't you? Oh, she had a hat. She didn't know it until she had it. Once she had it, she realized it had always been happening and it never would stop happening. The answer to her past, the promise to her future, and the sufficiency for this day. But did you notice the scripture said she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers and whose hap was it? What's it say right there? And her hat. Her hat. In other words, she had a personal hat. I said in the beginning, I say again now, have you had a hat? <laughs> a personal hat? It is her hat and how vital and important her hap is in time and to eternity. God makes no haps by mistake. He does not look back and say, man, if I just hadn't done that. (laughs) All his haps have a plan and a purpose in them. And this was her hat. Understand this. It excites me to no end. Somebody said, well, that don't mean a whole lot. That's just one hat. All right. Let's just play a little game. Let's go to Ruth chapter number two and verse three and take that one hat out. Don't touch none of the others. Let's just take her hat out. Where does that leave you? If you take Ruth's hat out, you might as well just close the book. Nothing before it or after it means anything. Where are you going to come from? Where are you going to go? How vital and important that she had a hat. I love to say it this way, that everything, listen, buckle your seatbelts, everything God had ever done and everything that God would ever do flowed right through that hat. It had to be. Think about it. Everything in eternity past, everything, everything. You can go back to Genesis. You can go to Exodus. I mean, you can come all the way through with all of the characters all the way up to there. Everything God ever happened flowed right through that verse right there. Through her experience right there. And then all you got to do is flip over to chapter number four and see what God does as a result of that hap that brings us all the way down. Her hap is so important that if she hadn't had that hap, you wouldn't be here this morning. Nor would I be here this morning. And none of us would happen to be in heaven if she hadn't had hap. Have you ever thought about how important your hap is? Because your hap's not just for you. 
her hap affected time and all eternity. And I want you to know the fact that Brother Jim had a hap and with God Almighty, God used his hap and it happened to touch my life and God used that hap to touch lives down through the years. The hap just keeps on happening because you had a happening. And aren't you thankful for all of those that have met with God and God used them so you could meet with God. Oh, that's a big hat. Wouldn't you say that's a big hat right there? But you see, everything God does is in a oneness, a unity. Christ is a body, and it is one body with many members. The very workings of God is really one work in one direction. So it's not like she had a hap and it's isolated by itself and then God jumps over here and does a hap and it has no connection to this hap. All God's haps are connected. We are here and if you're a child of God, you are a part of the family of God. But hey, guess what? I'm a part of the family of God. We are all who are saved and know Christ a part of the same family. It started in a oneness with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's going to end in a oneness with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And here's the good news. Your hap, buckle your seatbelt, your hap is no less important than Ruth's hap or Joseph's hap or Paul's hap. It all had to be in the happenings of God to bring us all together in a oneness in Christ. God happened in your life as he happened in my life, as he happened in others' lives to bring all this together in his happenings. Boy, that makes it important, doesn't it? Don't worry about it. When you get to heaven, Simon Peter won't have to wait for you at the gate to let you in. They'll know who you are. You're one of the happenings. God met with you and made you a part of the family. Say that she had this hat. She's going and coming. She went and came. She didn't know it, but she had a hat. She didn't know she was going to have a hat until she had the hat. But once she found out she'd had a hat, she realized it had been happening and never would stop happening. And that that hap involved all that God was ever going to do and ever did do in the work of the kingdom of heaven. Now, a couple more things. I'm talking about the providence of God and the glove of humanity. Well, well, let's just jump over to chapter number four. And man, when this thing gets going has no end. Verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth, she was his wife. He went in unto her. The Lord gave her conception, she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. She shall be unto thee a restorer of life and a nurse of thy old age. 
For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. Then if you'll go on down and read that heritage and those births, you've got Obed, Jesse, David. And of course, it brings it on to Christ. I would say to you that this hap that she has, one thing about a hap, it'll make you happy. Now, our word is joy, but doesn't it do that? I mean, ain't that what, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I, the reason why I like to go to church, I, I like to be with happy people. Me and the wife rode up into the New England states for about 12 days mixing and mingling in different places. I said to her at the end of that trip, there's just something eerie about this area. She said, what do you mean? I said, we've been up here 12 days and I don't know that I've heard a chuckle and certainly not much laughter. And I began to ponder that and I realized, you know, they tell us concerning the polls and the studies of which part of the country is most religious or believes this, that, or the other. And those New England states believe less than just about anywhere other than maybe out west, tied maybe. In other words, when it comes to creation, they don't believe that. They believe in evolution. Uh, when it comes to life, they don't believe there's any purpose in it. You're just here. And when it comes to the end, you're not going anywhere. You're just going to cease to live. They don't believe anything. And I got to thinking, if you didn't believe you had a reason for being in this world, you had no purpose while you was here, and you ain't going nowhere, what do you got to laugh about? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You ain't got nothing to laugh about. But isn't it amazing? You can get around a bunch of Save folks. And they gonna, there's going to be laughter on one level or another. And, I, and, I, and I'm not talking about this in a, in a, in a fleshly sense. There's just something on the inside of you that's happy about what you got. And it brings a, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. But you know, the greatest thing and evidence of a hap with God is it always goes in one direction, always leads to the same place. It always heads toward Christ. Every hap that God is involved in is a hap that's going to Jesus. And it is through her hap, as I read to you, all the way to Christ because she is a part of the genealogy of the Son of God. And because she had a hap, thank God through Christ you and I have had our haps because we have come to him also. It always leads to Christ. Now, I said all that to say this. Could you imagine in years to come, she becomes an elder in the community. She's a young woman right here, elder in the community. I think that's where I'm at now. <laughs> I used to be the young preacher. <laughs> I asked my wife, Brother Jim, the other day, I said, you know, since I'm almost 70, should I present myself to the congregations a little different? She said, Probably. 
And uh, I said, well, what is that? She said, well, don't joke as much, as much humor, and don't try to act smart or intelligent. <laughs> I said, well, what do you want me to do? She said, just be, be yourself. <laughs> so I started doing that. <laughs> She's an elderly lady now in the community. And you know, people who maybe don't know the story are wondering uh, how this happened. And maybe somebody comes up to her one day and says, now, uh, uh, Ms. Ruth, I, I just want to ask you, how in the world did you get to, how did you get to own in this big field down here? And of course, she married Boaz. Boaz was a rich man, and if a poor woman marries a rich man, what's that make her? Well, I don't know what that does to him, but she, she, she's getting rich. How did all this happen? And it is, it's, 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 it, how in the world is it? And she may have even lived to see. I mean, she wouldn't have had to have lived until the fourth generation for David to have been born and become king. That could have been feasible. And since I'm doing the preaching, I'm going to imagine maybe she did. How in the world is your son, great, 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 I, I didn't even become king. I mean, how all this happened? <laughs> yeah. And I think, could see her saying, well, son, that's a long story. But I'll just put it in a nutshell. She said, it all started out, I happened to be born in Moab. Are you getting what I'm saying? Happened. And there happened to be this family moved down there. And through that family, I happened to get introduced to God. She said, I happened to be born in Moab. (laughs) And that's where God found me. That's a pretty good half, ain't it? Then she said, "I, I happened to be a stranger up here in Bethlehem. Not a part of this country. I just happened to be in Bethlehem. And while I was in Bethlehem, I found grace. Yeah. It just happened. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And then she said, one day I went out into the midst of the field and I laid down at the feet of a man by the name of Boaz. And she said, it was right there that I just happened to hear some good news. I call it the gospel. (laughs) Said he told me what he was going to do and then what I needed to do. He told me while I happened to be at his feet, he was going up to the gate and he's going to settle everything and redeem me. And he told me what I could do is just go somewhere and sit down and rest till he finished the matter. (laughs) Ain't that the gospel? The gospel was when I heard it preached. When I heard it preached, when I heard Brother Jim preach, he told me everything that Jesus had done (laughs) and that all I needed to do is rest in what he had done. That's the whole app right there. In a nutshell. And then she said, 
Boaz happened to represent me up at the gate. And when he come back down, I found out that I happened to have God. I happened to have grace. I happened to have heard the gospel. And now I've got it all. It just happened that when it was all said and done, I didn't realize it. I was going to get everything. <laughs> Stock and barrel. Did you realize God came your way to do one thing, not short change you give you a little bit, but in Christ he gave you all. How shall he that delivered up his own son for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us what? All things. Woo! You say, well, preacher, how, how, how did all that come about in your life? It happened. The hand of God working in the glove of your life and his providence. It happened. I didn't, did I ask you this at the beginning? Have you had a happen? Let's thank him for what he's done in our lives, in his hat. Let's stand. You might be here this morning and say, Preacher, I, I just happened to come. I don't know the Lord. I've never been saved. I just happened to be here today. I, somebody invited me. I just, you may just, I just, no, you're not here by accident. This is not chance. God may be speaking to your heart. he wants to do in your life. What he did in Ruth's life, in my life, in others' lives. It could be you're here this morning, you're wrestling over some things that have happened in your path. Trying to figure them out and iron them out. About to have a nervous breakdown. Let God have all that. Let him take care of the happenings in your life. 